Hey there, this is Dennis Anyone with Dennis Hensley. It's a podcast about making things up and making things happen. I talk to creative people about how they do their thing and how they keep it going. And this podcast, I actually did the interviews a few weeks ago. Uh, they're the team behind this musical review called The First Annual Trump Family Special. Um, and it's happening at Vitello's restaurant here in uh, Studio City, upstairs in the Cabaret Club. And um, the guy that, that wrote the music with his partner, Lisa, is a guy named Tor Hyams, who I met years ago working on the Independent Spirit Awards. Um, he was doing music. I was writing for it. Um, we hit it off and have kind of kept in touch over the years. He lives in, in New York now, and he started doing a lot of musical theater-type writing. And he and his partner, Lisa, uh, Lisa Ruffhauser, she's an actress. She's also in the show, but they write music together. And I got to see it the last time it was here, and then we recorded the podcast with the idea that when it comes back, I will um, put it up and tell people to go see it. And um, it is coming back on April 14th for two shows. And I have to tell you, it is so funny and smart and tuneful and entertaining. I mean, you think that you think Trump, and you're like, oh, we have Trump fatigue, and it's, it's, there's so many jokes, and yet it doesn't change anything, and Alec Baldwin and all of this stuff. This show is so fresh and fun. The performances are spectacular. Um, Michaela Gordon, who was an American Idol um, contestant that I remember loving on that show, she plays Melania with a disdain and a fierceness that is side-splitting. Um, Lisa plays Ivanka. And the show is also written and directed by Danny Salas, um, and I got to meet Danny. So I, I interviewed the four of them on the sidewalk outside of the theater. Tor and Lisa, who did the music and lyrics. Uh, Danny, who is the writer and director, and Michaela, who is uh, Melania. So if you're in L.A., do yourself a favor. Go get tickets. It's super fun. I can't, I can't wait to see it again. Uh, you can get tickets at Vitello's Restaurant. And then just click the Supper Club tab there. Again, it's April 14th. There's two shows. And uh, also, you can go to Ticketfly. Okay, but before we get to the interview, I want to get a plug-in for LifeCast. That's my new side business. I interview people about their lives. And I've discovered that it's really a great way to honor a milestone in somebody's life. If it's like a 60th birthday, which I just did a LifeCast at a 60th birthday party, and I was able to get all the, the different guests... Uh, sharing stories about the birthday boy, and and I'm cutting it together in a really fun way. So if you've got a milestone, a retirement, a big birthday, a graduation, anything like that, and you want to capture that moment like a time capsule, get a life cast. Um, I will lead the interview and, and, and get out the story and capture what's special about it, capture how it feels, and I'll make it fun and no stress, and because um, that's what I do. So uh, you can learn more at getalifecast.com. And I also want to encourage you to like the Dennis Anyone Facebook page because that's where I can sometimes post fun stuff to go with the podcast and all of that. All right. So without any further ado, here are four members of the team behind the very hilarious Trump Family TV special. Uh, no, that's not right. The first annual Trump Family special. Uh, Tor Hyams, Lisa Rothhauser, Michaela Gordon, and Danny Salas. Hey there, I'm coming to you from a sidewalk cafe on Tahanga 
in uh, Studio City. It's a cute little street with lots of shops and stuff. And I'm here with my guests today, Tor Hyams and Lisa Rothhauser. Uh, Toronlisa.com is your website. You guys write music together. Yes. You perform. Yes. And you're here in L.A. with a show that's going to happen at Vitello's right across the street from where we are now. And uh, tell us the name of it. It's called the first annual Trump Family, Family Special. Yes, like it's going to be like a 70s TV special. Please tell me that's the, the <laughs> conceit. Well, the premise is, uh, yeah, that's a good There's idea. There's one character that may be reminiscent of that. Yeah. Okay, cool. We have some of the other performers here as well. They're all coming here on the sidewalk. It's going to be one of those kind of loosey-goosey podcasts with, um, with uh, people popping in, popping yes. out, dogs, Pop-Tarts. Pop-Tarts, yeah. yeah. Well, it, what it is is it's a... It, it, this show was conceived by Danny Salas. Okay. Who, um, it's a funny story actually because uh, back in August, last August, we met, Lisa and I met with Danny for lunch. Right He's on. A, Danny's an old friend and an old employer. He would uh, hire me to write music for television shows. And, you know, we were meeting to see, you know, like you do in L.A. Right. Oh, what kind of work could happen here? Yeah, what's going on? And so we so we met with him, and he said, well, I don't have any shows for you guys right now, but I had this weird idea for a, uh, a musical. Maybe you guys, because you write musicals, you know, I could talk to you about it. And that turned into the first annual Trump Family Special. So we didn't get any work out of it that paid, but it's right. a hell of a lot of fun. There you go, and it's, you're back here in L.A. Yes. I mean, what's not to love? Yeah, right. And the show is really the conceit of the show is that the Trumps have their very own television network. Okay. And this is their first special they're putting on as the Trump family. And that Donald's supposed to show up, and they're kind of stalling and waiting to see if when he shows up. So they're basically improvising the entire live television special. Well, because he's unreliable and light. Um, and what really hooked me is the visuals. You use the Partridge Family font. And you did the tweet, the tweeter birds like the partridges in the old partridge family, right? That was yes. Yeah. That, that, I didn't misread that. Was that. Danny's idea, though. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's you know they're one big weird family, and you know I guess because of all the tweets and the Twitter. Yeah, it and makes the, perfect sense. Yeah. And it makes you think of a fun variety show, special '70s thing that you would want to watch. <laughs> The point is, you have me at the Partridge Family branding. You, I didn't even. I don't need anything else. I'm there. Yeah. So now, do you guys play actual roles in it, or did you just write the music? Lisa and I wrote the music and some lyrics, um, but Lisa plays. I'm playing Ivanka. You're playing Ivanka. Yes. What's the secret? How do you tap into your inner Ivanka? Well, you just think about what a robot would do. Okay. And that's smile great. through it. And just just the. Uh, Enduring, enduring what she must have had to endure in her life. Yeah, or just go Stepford Wife. I mean, either yeah. way, we're going to be fine. Does she have a big number? She has a big number now. What's well, her number? She had a big number last time, but we just—you'll love this number. Right? Okay, I can't wait. It is a—it's a throwback sort of Donna Summer tune. That's really? Not really, Donna Summer because we we wrote it, but right, it's, it's got a disco got feel. Oh, yes, yes. I love that. It's full on disco. It's okay. called. Well, we should say it's called it. Got no soul. Okay, and it's something she's very proud of. All right. And ironically, it's, it's a soul tune. Yeah, <laughs> ironically. There you are. And where are you during the show tour? Are you um, taking I'm, notes feverishly? Are you playing? I'm, I'm musical directing the show. There you go. So I'm playing the piano. Awesome. Um, and trying to be a full band with two hands. I love it. Well, you do play the voice of Jared. I also play the So Jared, Ivanka's Where's husband. Where's Jared? Jared is... is uh, in this show, he's a puppet. Okay. So Makes perfect sense. I, I do the voice of Jared, and um, it's probably the greatest role I've ever had. How does Jared talk? 
Because we only do we ever hear him talk? I think we've heard him talk once. It's weird, you're right. Jared kind of he, talks he, he like, came out and talked that day after he testified, right? Yes. Okay. Jared kind of talks like, "That's right." Okay, Ivanka. Yeah. What pretty much whatever Ivanka wants, and and he tries to, he tries, he does his best, but he's he's not always on top of it and understanding what's going on. That's right. All right, all right. I love that. And then we have the actress that plays Melania with us. Hi. Hi. Say, um, tell me your name again. Are you good? Um, my name's Michaela. Michaela. Yeah. And you're you're based here in L.A., right? Yeah, I live here in Vegas. I have a singing residency in Vegas. Oh, and fun. And I come here three days a week. Yeah. So where do you sing in Vegas? If I come. To Vegas. I'm at the Cosmopolitan at Rose Rabbit Live. I love that. That's where all the cool young people go. Well, that's I, a sexy hotel right now. Thank you. That's what I insisted. I said if I'm going to Vegas, I'm going where the cool people are. That's right. <laughs> I love that. She is. Now, With my Invisalign on, I'm very sexy. Thank I wish. I wish people were watching this so they could see how much she is Melania. You have a certain Melania uh, resemblance, I guess. How did you end up in this show? You know, it's so funny. I've been friends with Danny for a long time, and he called me um, last year, like uh, two months before the play, and he was like, listen, I don't have a lot of details. Would you play Melania if I did a play? And I was like, yeah, I would. And he was like, okay, great. And then he sent this script over. And, you know, the way that I get to play Melania is so funny to me and so different than my normal self that I just gravitated to her so much. She's so funny. She's so shady. And I love That's, it. I like that you're bringing out colors that we don't know. Yes, honey. She watched <laughs> oh. a lot of RuPaul's Drag Race before she played Melania. Yeah, yes. she how, about the, how about her accent? Oh, her accent is very, very real. Very real. Yeah, listen, I had to get that accent how do you, How does she talk? How well, do you... she talks like this. And okay. she says, I'm beautiful. I'm the prettiest one here. Come to this show. Or don't. I don't care. It doesn't matter to me. Yeah, Melania's just... <laughs> I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> That's her central motivating right. factor. I don't care. Yeah, her, literally, she does not care. Yeah. She's... The whole internal monologue is that she's, like, so over Donald. She's even thinking about leaving him. So she's trying to, like, be sort of normal and interact with these people. Right. Doesn't care about them. Only wants to be fabulous. Does she care about Baron? I mean, kind of, I guess, because it's a fruit of her loins. But also, right. he made her fat. So I don't know. You yeah, know? so I it's really complicated. Like it's intense. <laughs> uh, do, do you have to do any research to prepare? Did you go back and watch Melania on YouTube? You know what I did? What's funny about Melania is I actually find her really beautiful. Yeah. And as much as she gets it, you know... I always thought it was really funny when people were putting out signs like, save Melania, Melania blink once if you need us. Right, like, like that, that's I kind of true. I loved it, and it felt very true. Yeah. And then on top of it, she's really beautiful. But she is also, in the same way that Ivanka is, she is very robotic. I mean, she's maybe had one too many syringes of Botox, so there's yeah. not a lot of movement happening. Right on. Not a lot of emotion. So I channel a lot of that. She's doing the best I can, that she can. I mean, she's doing the best that she can with a little too much Juvederm, but it's yeah. fine. <laughs> Does she have a big number? Yeah, she does. What's Her it like? amazing. Okay, Tor and Lisa. First of all, I just want to say this, and not because we're doing the podcast together. Right. They're incredible. The entire musical aspect is so phenomenal. Not for my number, but for all the numbers. They're right so on. funny. The lyrics are hysterical. It feels like one big SNL skit. Yeah. The entire 15 minutes, which is so nice. But they... Uh, SNL circa, you know, 1976. So. When it was great. When yeah, it was when great. it was great. <laughs> you know what? When an SNL's good, it's really good. Mm. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. And it, it feels like that. So my number is Look Gorgeous. Okay. Um, but shut the hell up. So basically, right. it's about looking so beautiful all the time, very fabulous, but not saying a word. I love it. So it's um, 
very interesting. It's so funny. Yeah. And uh, I can't. Are you coming tomorrow? I'm coming tomorrow yeah, night. Yes. You guys have arranged that to happen. Yeah. Yeah. It's gonna yeah. be great. Now, do you know the history of Vitello's and why people know it? May know it. No. That was where Robert Blake arranged to have his wife bumped off or whatever. Whatever the Robert Blake oh story God. happened. Yeah, on the side street or in the parking lot. That's the ground zero for Robert Blake. Wow. You know, Holy so crap. yeah. So, oh my God, that's insane! Just, just a little bit chilly? of just a little bit of intrigue uh, there. <laughs> so when you guys write music together, Tor and Lisa, do yeah. you do one of you focus on the words and the lyrics? How does it all come together for you? It's it depends on the tune. And right. Sometimes it starts with a hook. You just you right. have an idea, and like when we were writing for Selling Time, once I said, you know, I want to write a song about. I love your face. Right. Oh and my god, this that, song is amazing. What were you writing for? Talk about maybe, maybe not. Also, what yeah. <laughs> our first musical together was called Stealing Time, and right we on. came to a point um, in the show where we had to write a big number where she shows that she loves this guy, right? Right. And she talks about his face, and it's literally every detail. And I was like, I wanted to be a, like a totally '60s thing with like the right. backup girls, like a doo-wop thing in the back, and like, and it turned out to be one of our greatest tunes, I think. Yeah, um, at least Michaela. Was it autobiographical? It was about. It's about me. She said, and one of the lines is, "His three-day stubbled Marlboro man weathered cheeks." Right. And then she talks about how he got his ears pierced in uh, in '86, but now he's 46. And so it's it's funny, and it's It's funny because it's true. It's funny because it's true. Right. And. Not all the lines work anymore because I got all my teeth crowned. So it used to be his teeth one, are chipped. His teeth are chipped. He bites his lip. I still bite my lip, but my teeth aren't chipped or mercy. See, they look they fantastic. Look good. I've yeah. good teeth now. Yeah, yeah, really yeah. good teeth. Yeah. 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 It's a shame this isn't on video, but uh, trust, <laughs> trust us, there's beautiful teeth. Well, you there. know what happened was I, Lisa noticed that when we first met, um, I was. I was kind of afraid to smile, and it's not just because my marriage was going south. It's because I literally was afraid <laughs> to right. smile, and because I, I I didn't like the way my teeth looked. I mean, they weren't grotesque, but they weren't great. Right. And um, and so my dentist said, you know, we should really do something about this. And then I started smiling again, like big smile. I love it. And so that was cool. And Lisa really... You got your smile back. Well, yeah. Lisa brought my smile back literally, literally. and metaphorically. <laughs> Where did you? How did you guys meet originally? Well, <laughs> we God. met at a we met at a producers kind of meet up in New York for musical theater people. Right, is when I was for I was segueing out of L.A. in the record business. Right. into musical theater, and Lisa was and still is an amazing performer, and she was doing a show, and we kind of met over that, and we made a deal. I said I was writing because I was writing a whole new song cycle for right. my new agent and all this stuff, and I said get me a venue in New York because I was in L.A. at the time, and I will produce because I'm a record producer. I'll produce your CD for your show. And we made this deal, and then before we knew it, we were writing together. Yeah, but the and first thing you said when we started, he played something from the show, and I go, hmm, sounds a little too 70s. And he looked at me and he goes, you know, I don't usually write with singers. Right. That was the beginning of our collaboration. Yeah, I can see it's, it's love right there happening in yeah. front of our eyes. Yeah, but it was amazing because, you know, I've ne- it's, a, it's one thing to like, I can sing and I can write songs and it's all fine, but when you have a woman with pretty much one of the most powerful voices in the country sitting next to you singing what you're doing and writing it's it's beyond love how long ago did you meet when was this about six years about ago. About six years ago. About. Yeah. I love that. Now, yeah. you and I met, Tor, because you were working on the Independent Spirit Awards, right? That's right. I was the year that I was writing them, which yes. would have been 2000? It was a while ago. Yeah. Yeah, you were doing... Yeah, I was. I did the theme song or the music yeah, yeah, and all yeah. that. 
And you were, yeah, and it was a really... It was what do you like, remember about that gig? I, okay, this is a funny thing. Here's what I really remember. Two things. It was the easiest job I ever had because they basically said they didn't want any changes. Right. I did the first pass of the theme song because I was rebranding the whole show musically. Right. And so they said that. Um, I remember you being really funny and going, God, this guy can really write. Like, he's no joke. I also, really? Yeah. Okay. No, I really do. No, I'm not fishing. I was just like, yeah. I was trying to remember that job. No, you were great. And something that we, you and I came up with together that it was a great idea and ended up horribly. You don't even know this, I bet. So Jim Jarmusch was up for an award that year, the first year we did it. Right. And part of the thing that happened was... I only did it one year. But that was a year. Yeah. And we, did, we had this thing, a tour will be a man on the street. Because I was doing a lot of on-camera stuff then. Yeah. So I went out to people on Venice Beach and I interviewed them. That had something to do with what the films were, the people right. nominated were. And one of the things we came up with was, go and ask people, what's a Jarmusch? Oh yeah, and so it was. A, it was a package that they played in between commercials, right? right like a bumper, right? So I would say, and people it was actually really funny, and people would be like, "Is it a bug or what?" It, I, you know, they didn't know what it was. It was kind of like Jay Leno's thing he used to. Yeah. So they they show this on air. I mean, it it goes on TV, and Jim Jarmusch is there. And at one point, I went out to have a cigarette, and and I Jim Jarmusch was standing oh, also shit. having a cigarette. Okay. So I went up to him and I go. Hey, my name is Tor. I did the music for the show. I'm just, I'm a big fan. I just wanted to meet you. And he goes, cool, cool, yeah. So what do you think? I said, I think it's going really well. What about you? He goes, I thought that thing on me was really stupid. I, I don't know why they were doing What's a Jarmouche. And I was like, uh, yeah, I don't know why they would do that. Yeah, that's the bullshit. <laughs> yeah, that was awful. And, yeah. and the best thing was you couldn't see me on camera because I was just a producer uh, right. over the shoulder guy. So I was like, yeah, that was a dumb idea. Right. So he, he didn't know it was you. Yeah. Thank God. There no. you go. I just remember. I remember there was a, there was a, an award where it was best feature for under five hundred thousand or something. And there was something. Like I that. wrote this bit about well, how do we know? And we go through the receipts, and they have the receipts <laughs> for the movie. Ah, that's funny. And there's like a receipt for the fluffer. Oh, here's the other thing oh, I remember: God. is the producer said, "Don't write anything for James Woods. He's just going to wing it. He won't do anything you write. Just right. he's going to do his own thing. I remember that. It's fine. Don't worry about yeah. James Woods." Okay, great. No worries. So James Woods gets up there and does some bit, and it bombs, and he blames the writers. He's like, I didn't write this. And I, but I loved it. It was like a badge of honor to be like told not to write anything for him, and then he bombs, and then he blames you anyway. And it, and it turns out he's, yeah. a, he's like a massive Republican. Oh, well, then there you go. Yeah, he's a, he's a real... Yeah. He's a piece of work, Mr. All right. Woods. Is that true? Yes. Wow. Yes. He's not... He's not on our side. Put it now, what about Donald Jr. and, and Eric? Do they oh, appear? Is. Oh, yeah. Do they do, oh, do, they do a duet together, or they are they do. all men? Because I kind of think of them as a unit. Yeah, and yeah. so do and so does Danny, because yeah. he wrote them that way. Um, he wrote them that way to the point of the mother not being able to tell them apart. Right. <laughs> wow. Yeah, she literally has trouble figuring out who's who. But, yeah, they have a song. It's it's a kind of a little Russian-influenced number. I love that. that. they sing, and it's, it's really funny, yeah. Are there any people that we've missed that are in the show? Is there Tiffany doesn't show up? There's a Tiffany. There's a Tiffany. There's a Marla. There's a Marla. There's a Marla. All the wives are represented. Uh-huh. I love it. There's an amazing number that they wrote for the three wives. And okay, it's cool. So it's I don't want to say too much. Can I say? You, you it? can yeah. say it. It's that's all I'm going to say. You'll see it tomorrow. But okay. the wives show up, baby. Oh, right. so the it's a pretty big together. cast, right? It's a cast of well, seven. One doubler. Yeah. There. Yeah. There's yeah. one. Do- a couple we, doublers. We have a special appearance yeah. by. Uh, the vice president, right? Um, who uh, 
is really a dead ringer. Yes, I met your Mike Pence. He, yeah. He's very pensy. He's, he's very pensy. <laughs> he's buff <laughs> Pence. Though. Oh, wait, look, look who dropped by. Wow, yes. Hi. Danny Salas. <laughs> um, Danny Salas is the writer of this uh, yeah. opus. And director. And director. Um, our Mike Pence actually... Um, he, it was funny, he was at a party with his sister, and she goes, you know what, you look a lot like Mike Pence. So he decided to play Mike Pence for Halloween. Right. And since then, he's become Mike Hot Pence. In New York, he goes around uh, to Times Square wearing, like, biker shorts and right. pants from the, from the waist up, <laughs> and he collects for charities that Pence would never agree to. That's right. amazing. And he's right. raised literally tens of thousands for of dollars. A, for HIV research, I it's think. It's HIV, yeah. for right to life, uh, yeah. for right to, I'm sorry, right to, uh, for uh, <laughs> right to choose, whatever. <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, yeah. Any, any sort of women's cause is right to life. That'd be great. Right. No, I mean, it's just... Anyway, so he's so, Mike Hotpants. Yes. yes, Mike, Mike Hotpants. Hot and you can look him up. He's, That's so kind of amazing. We have yeah. a celebrity in our cast. There you go. We do. And, and you brought him out from New York. You're also based yes. in New York. Uh, no, I'm based here. Oh, you're based here. But okay. a lot of my friends are in New York. And we went to Princeton, actually, together. And we were in a group called the Princeton Triangle Club, which okay. does all these crazy musicals. Love it. And that's where Annie Trasigliari, who plays Tiffany and Marla, same person. Okay. Um, and that's where we met. And so we were all pals. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, you know, we're, there's also an appearance by... Uh, Sarah Huckabee. I love it. Don't give too much away. Okay. 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 Well, there's pretty much, put it this way, everyone who you would want to see (laughs) appears somehow. Now, I'm reading... Fire and Fury now. I got oh. my hands on a copy. Uh, no, you did I did. Well, I ordered it on Amazon. It was like, it'll be there in two to four weeks. I'm like, holy shit. All airports have it. We, yeah. we found one in the It got it. Yeah. Now, yeah. now you can yeah, find stacks it. Stacks of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They, got, they got them out there. Well, yeah. how's it going? It's going good. But I was wondering if any of you have <laughs> read it and if it colors your interpretation of events well, or... It's funny because, you know, what would have been funny four months ago right. would have been a um, mooch joke. Right. And so you, we always have to be really careful with the show to keep it evergreen enough and then we plant jokes in there. Right. Because one of the things is we don't want it to be like SNL is genius. Right. But if you were to play you know the sketch from six months ago it's right. like old news. And also your audience we didn't want to have to pretend on, to depend on the audience sort of being daily New York Times readers. I know even, but it's crazy. I know. Yeah. It's insane. Like literally I get a gift basket every morning from the Trumps that says, like, here's seven more things to write about. Yeah. You choose, you know. Yeah. And what made you want... Oh, go ahead. No, but to, to Danny's point, you know, I think Danny did a really great job. Oh, my God. Before I was run over by a truck. Right, exactly. <laughs> I think Danny did a really great job of writing... What is what I, what I feel is really evergreen material. I mean, it's so this hard, is the second though. incarnation, and we we did a new song. Um, but besides that, it was swapping out a few jokes, but most of the stuff remains yeah. intact. Yeah. You know, it's it's as uh, the only thing I'm worried about in this whole show is what if he gets impeached? Then what the fuck are we gonna do? Can I it, say fuck? Yeah, you can. Okay. You can tell me. Uh, I mean, we got Mike Pence. Yeah. Right. yeah. <laughs> then 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 Mike Hotpants gets promoted. Yeah. yeah. Let's be realistic with the Republican Congress. He could they can do anything to him, but they'll never vote him out. So I think yeah, that show true. is safe. Okay. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's the only show I've ever wanted to only last for four years right. because if it lasts for eight, then we can't you know, take it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'd like to have a full 
career, so I'm going 20. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. But, once he ends term limits, yeah. But, yeah, it, exactly. but it's crazy how fast things change because shithole feels like two months ago. Yeah, right. that's And it was I mean. like four days ago. That's right. You know, it was last week. Yeah. So how do you do it? We got shithole in. You okay, have, you, can't, you can't fall in love with your jokes too you much. You can't. Yeah. No. You can't. And you can't depend... You can't make it such a mind game for the audience to yeah. go, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. But yeah. but literally, we were just talking about the fact that today, well, it's odd. Some jokes go away and others get more right. colored. We had a thing about shootings in this show, which, as awful as it sounds, it felt a little old three weeks ago and now... It's in the headlines right, yet again, yeah. and that worked. And then we have a joke about the, taking an oath, which again was sort of, you know, it was just a throwaway. But now the trumpet says he will take the oath. Yeah, he's going to now, right. now that suddenly blossomed yeah. again. So it's it, you sort of win some, lose some. What made you want to write about this in the first place? Um, to keep my head from exploding off my body. <laughs> right. It was yeah. it was therapy. You had to do it. I mean, truly, I, it was like I was getting depressed about yeah. it, and. I've been working in reality TV right. and, you know, TV, which is a slow process. And I was like, I am dying to do a show that just gets it out there, express right. myself. And then Tor and Lisa. How did you guys connect? How did you connect with Tor and Lisa? Fateful lunch. Lunch. Yeah. <laughs> that Tor lunch. We worked together on various TV shows, including okay. sketch comedy a long time ago. Yeah. And always stayed in touch. I've always loved his work. Right. And we literally met for lunch to catch up. Pretty much. And how many songs are we talking in this? Thirteen. That's a lot. That's a lot of songs. That's Hamilton, basically. Well, well, <laughs> we do speak in the middle. Yeah. Oh, you know, part, part of what Danny was saying too, though, which which a lot of people, just to get serious for a minute, it's really funny. But people came out of the show after laughing hysterically and going, "I feel better." They people, it's cathartic somehow. You know, yeah. I think it's it's a way for everybody to go. Oh, all right, I can laugh. And then, of course, you wake up the next morning and you feel like shit again. But, you know, it's at least there's a way to get away from it while still not ignoring yeah. it. Yeah. And, you know, what's really great that they all three did was that you don't have to be a politician. You don't have mm. to follow the news every day. You can be a 20-something-year-old. No discredit to 20-year-olds. But, you know, you can watch the show and get all of the jokes, get the sense of humor, enjoy it. You don't have to be a big... Right. 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 You don't have to be a, a, a news buff. The other thing, too, is that the characters we've sort of springboarded off their reality right. without getting, without doing a deep dive into their past. So, no. you know, having fun with it. Do we get anyone that's not in the family, like press secretaries, chiefs of staff? Do we, we get any of those side people? We don't. We have one. Uh, the whole premise of the show is that they're putting on this special. Right. So um, Ivanka, who is the host, uh, when... When Trump is late, stretches the show by asking, by interviewing the various. Oh, I got you. Um, so what happens is you end up uh, with the with the numbers that are from the show, right? And then when it's like okay, cut, you know, when the director cuts it, you end up with what they're really thinking. I love it. Um, it's kind of the Larry, Larry Sanders of yeah. Trump behind the scenes. <laughs> yeah. Do we ever and, and see oh, Trump, or is that a mystery that that's people a will mystery have to that see? We will not answer. Okay. Yes. Well, because I think the thing to make fun of, <laughs> if I were going to try to satirize it, is how he wrecks everyone's lives. Like if you if you are in that world, your life gets wrecked. Yeah. Eventually, there's no Ivana, Ivanka, everybody. You just feel like I think that's pretty much going on in the <laughs> yeah, show. Yeah. I mean, but it, what it, it's yeah. like to be in that mix, and how you think it's going to be bad, and it ends up being so much worse. Yeah. Well, I think they all think that they 
are the one special person who will be spared. Yeah, they, they, the, they, we're diff- our relationship is different. Right. And they all find and out that they're right, not right. Yes. And I actually yeah, think I, in my yeah. heart that the Republican Congress is under the same impression, that they have an <laughs> ally in him, and what they don't realize is that his ultimate goal is to get rid of all of them and not have to yeah. deal with the messiness of making yeah. laws. Well, there's a joke too. <laughs> he just wants to do the glamorous parts. <laughs> He just likes the parades and the speeches right. and the, right. Right. the photo ops. Yeah. yeah. Oh, just to go back for one second. So, Tor and Lisa and I met for lunch to catch yeah. up. Right. I mentioned that I was working on this. Would they be willing to get involved? And, yeah. of course, the topic, they jumped and said, yeah, we want to get the same, you know, poison out of our systems. And that was <laughs> August 27th. Yeah. And then we started working on some songs, and then I called them sort of mid-October and said, hey, I booked a theater for December 3rd or 5th, whatever it was. And so we have... It was the dumbest idea ever, really, when you think about it. To, like, okay, we're going to put on... It was the most on... brilliant idea. What do you mean? It was so great. No, but I mean, it could have been a terrible mistake. But sometimes <laughs> you, you give yourself a deadline then, and that, like that, and then you're just like, well, we have to have a show. Something, right? Well, yeah, and I think I think it's one of those things where, you know, we've seen a lot of, I guess, musical reviews or, right. you know, satire-based shows. And I think what's interesting about this and what Danny did really well is that it's not just satire. It's not a spoof. There's a narrative. There's a yeah. there's a real there's a real story. There's a through line. There's there's character depth. There's all these things that real book musicals have. So it's not you know my issue with stuff like NSL is it's the same joke for three minutes. Next sketch. This isn't that. This yeah. is a story that kind of the funny builds like a virus. Right. And well, by the time that. you're at the end, you go, oh my god, and you're 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 splitting your guts. Yeah. Are there are there tear jerking moments? Some there, tenderness. Well, we do have one character, the director, who's right. sort of our point of view. Right. And at one point, he sort of breaks the fourth wall and comments on the nightmare that is Trump right. in a way that breaks from the rest of the show. And I think it's it's the one serious moment that also puts it to the audience: What have you been doing? Right. To, to stop this. To stop. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. That and is so the we, one moment. We do allow that, and then of course we. Then you go gotta get back to it. Then we go right back to Carol Burnett moment. Now, what's, what are we talking choreography-wise? Is it a, how's that space? Is it big enough? Is it step touches? I see the brothers doing a box step, maybe. They're doing maybe. a lot more than <laughs> that, those yeah. boys. Oh my god! Well, we were blessed. Um, Benji Schwimmer. I know Benji Swimmer. I don't know him oh. personally, but I'm a big fan of S Y T Y. So you think you can dance? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I was get a star, that so you think you're definitely sure you can't dance? Yeah, yeah. but um, <laughs> I love that show. So I, Benji was one of the original winners. He won. Yeah, yeah. So he's I, incredible. He was he's a choreographer for me on a reality show, and I said, okay. "Hey, I'm doing this Trump thing. Would you right. get involved?" And he said, "Yes." And literally, he comes in with not only dances but he gets the comedy yeah. and yeah. is able to do it in the physical way that we've literally cut lyrics out because it's a double laugh right and so you really let, you have to let and he's a real artist I love well, it what's, what's so great I want to I want to segue that into this what's so great about the show for us and the, what we try to do with the music what Danny does, does with the book and the direction and what Benji does with the dancing is the reason why it works, I think, so well and why the audience response is so tremendous is that it's legit. The dancing isn't just comedy dancing. It's real. Like, this is real choreography. These yeah. guys are killing Everyone's killing it. The music is 
legit. Like yeah. it's what we if we write for Broadway, we would write this stuff for Broadway. Right. It's, it's kind of no different, except we'd have more instruments. You know. <laughs> so <laughs> and then you know Danny's looking at it like, oh, this is a real show. I'm writing a story because he's a storyteller. That's right. So you're getting professionals in all these areas who are taking it. Ironically, really seriously, right? And and so that to me is what makes the greatest comedy because anyone can do shtick, anyone can do a one-liner, anyone can do step touch. Well, the, but not see, everyone can do this. I see a fair amount of like UCB Groundling stuff, and whenever they do yeah. musical stuff, they sort of it, it's meant to be extra broad, and right. they're meant to be not super good dancers, or uh, they sort of I don't know. So this is a little bit. Well, different. they have a different they have a it's, different thing they do. We this is a real this is a real show. Put it this way. But you have people from Broadway in the show, like yes. Yes. Annie and Lisa was on Broadway. <laughs> Lisa was yeah. on Broadway. Like you're there, they really were yeah. on Broadway, and we prepared it. No, I the think level you guys prepared it to yeah. be on Broadway. There's I no love it. Lisa, what it. shows were you in? I was in the producers. I love it. Hold me, touch me, and lick me, bite me. Of course. Wow. <laughs> You've got range. I mean, yeah. called range people. I got range, bitch. Wait, was that fun to be in that show? It was awesome. It was a dream come true, and I will never forget when I was literally hired by Mel Brooks and Susan Stroman and Warren Carlyle when oh it was Warren's first cast. The second national tour was the Do you remember your joke? First. Yeah, I, oh my God. So tell us. So, when I auditioned for the for the second national tour first, and then I went to the Broadway production, but the second national tour, there was like 400 women. It was a it was a open call, like, right. a, but it was equity, but it was like 16 bars only, and you're out. Right. And then um, they ha- you had to prepare a joke for this for the callback, and the- you had to prepare a joke. She had yeah, to Mel Brooks for Mel Brooks. Oh my joke. God! So I walked into the literal <laughs> so callback daunting. with the entire team behind the desk, and I my joke was, and I I even wrote my own material for the audition. Right. And um, so they were loving that. I knew it was like okay at that point. And they go, so what do you, what kind of joke do you have for us? And I go, why did Hitler kill himself? And they said why? And I go, he got the gas bill. <laughs> <laughs> and every no one laughed. <laughs> and I said, oh my god, you guys! I can't believe you're not laughing. That is so Mel Brooks. And then they started laughing at that. And right. then they came right. up to me and go, you know, Mel's coming to the final callback. You're going to be there. Find another joke. Oh. oh! They said he's either going to love that or hate it. I think and he would have loved it. I had a better joke. I can't remember what I actually told. Oh, oh my god! That's I, a great I, I joke. A great the punchline of the one I actually told, but that one was perfect because it was about it's the perfect. producer. Oh, no, it's, 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 perfect. it's a perfect joke. So, yeah, yeah, it was awesome though. The, the wow! I, everyone just didn't go for it though. Were you well, just shitting when they all just didn't laugh? Well, I had to cover. You know, I mean, that's where you find your best material. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember what you told when Mel was there? It was. I can only remember two thirds of the joke. I asked this okay. one funny no guy. You can't tell two thirds of the joke. Yeah, I can't. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. The Fine. one thing I would say about our, our casting was we were. I wanted to go, and we all wanted to go for the the best cast. Right. And so, really, the sacrifice there was, how can I get real working great actors? And we said, short amount of time. Yeah. So right. you've, we're going to do this like summer camp. We're sending them all the material in advance. They will learn it on their own, and then literally we've got them for. Is that a season desist from the Trump family? It yes. is. <laughs> I, unfortunately, I, I'm being called away by okay. the real Melania. I'll be okay. back. I'll come. Okay, back. come back. Um, so here's the thing. It's happening this weekend in L.A. Right. This will go up after that. So hopefully you guys will do it again, so we can tie this into a to a to another uh, run. When what what are your hopes for the show? We see this in major cities as like sit downs everywhere. Right. Um, probably playing three or four shows a week. Um, right on. And sim- ideally simultaneously. I mean, 
we were we want to have we'd like to have a, a run going in Chicago, New York, L.A., San Francisco. Yeah. Um, right. And, you know. And, I will be in all of those cities. There will be no suffering. <laughs> You're it. That's You're right. it. Don't get any ideas, ladies. Right. I love that. <laughs> no so one can compare to you. That anyway. would that would that would really yeah. be ideal because. You know, I think with, one, with this kind of show, which which honestly does have a time limit, yeah, um, we want to get the most bang out of it, and not just because oh, we can make money by doing that. I don't, frankly, I don't know if we can, but I know we can. Kind of, this is our hashtag resist. Yeah, yeah. You know, as, as artists, it feels like a way, well, a way know, of channeling people, no your ideas. You, That's what we do. No I don't matter how you've resisted. You know, the Women's March, the Republicans didn't like how they did it. You know, the way that people resisted where they were trashing the cities. They didn't like it. I feel like this is a way to resist in the most artistic way and doing it in a way that we love and giving yeah. people hope yeah. and laughter and joy. And you really, whether you want to critique it or not, we're just using... They're using art, and I just get to be a part of it. To yeah. Well, but you're doing it, to too. Where I think something. we're all doing yeah. it, and we often go, oh, how do we participate? Yeah, I mean, we went to the Women's March in New York, of course. Yeah. We took our kids. We took our kids. We did the whole thing. Yeah, we did Vegas. But this, but I, I mean, I, I, I had to do it. We did it. But this feels better because I think we, as artists, can really affect people this way. Going through the march is great. We're, we're more bodies. It's more of a crowd. It right. shows Trump something. But this is a way that really kind of sticks it to him. Have you had anybody, <laughs> have you had any Trump supporters come to the show? <clears throat> I don't, not Probably that not. I know of. No. You know what's funny though? My girlfriend told, um, she, this is such a stupid story, but this is really what happened. She went to this guy who does like laser peels for her, like chemical peels. Mm. And he's a very nice guy, but he's a huge Trump supporter. Right. And she was saying, I'm going to LA, I'm going to watch my girlfriends in this play. It's really funny. He said, what is it about? And so she explained the whole concept to him and he thought it was hysterical you know he really laughed so hard and I think that you know whether or not you support Trump these are things that Trump is saying we didn't just make them up right right Right. you know and like any president everybody gets made fun of like Saturday Night Live yeah alright so let me let me let us put this out here then yeah we are willing to entertain an invitation from the White House okay. to do the first annual tr- the first annual Trump family special at the White House for the first family. That's we, the only way I'm going. We are. That's the only <laughs> way we're going. But if, if anyone if anyone listening is interested in bringing us to the White House to perform this, we will do it to serve our country. And it'll be huge. Huge. And it'll be huge. I love that. All right. Um, there were a few things that jumped out about uh, your website, your bios. You've been commissioned to write a musical of Green Acres. Yes. Mm-hmm. I, who commissions a, a musical of Green Acres? Producers. The ones who paid for the rights. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, they, there's a producer team in New York. They they got the rights. Um, and they uh, one of the there's three producers and one of the producers came to we had a show at 54 Below in New York which is a you know, big space yeah. there. Now Feinstein's 54 Below and we, it was the, the songs of Tor and Lisa. So we just kind of did a gamut of stuff from different shows we've written. Right. And the producer, I knew the producer. And to be honest, I mean, the real story is I had been kind of telling her that this is Tor and Lisa's show for yeah. probably about a year and a half. Right. And she was like, oh, well, we had these other people. I'm sorry, blah, blah, blah. And she came up to me right after the show. She goes, okay, I'm stupid. You were right. We got to figure this out. And sure enough... Then we became the writers, and so wow. we're doing that. She made the switch. She, she did. did. Yeah. Are you working? Is it written, or are you working on it now? It is written. There is yeah. there is a there's a pretty good draft and a, yeah. and a complete score. There we are go. now entering into a 
we got a director on well they got a director yeah. on board who we love named Tom Caruso we're going into kind of rewrite number three and then in the summer uh, there's going to be a workshop lab then an out of town and then back to the big Broadway. Do you have to have the Green Acres theme in there? Oh, of course, God, yeah. 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 I mean, you know, when you say Green Acres to anyone, including people who never saw it, they know the music. Yeah, they know the song. Dun, dun, dun. dun, dun. Right, so they know that. And yeah. so you... Not only do we have to, but we want to because yeah. it's so right, and so it's it's kind of infused in in a lot of different ways. Sometimes just in the orchestration, sometimes sure. in the in the song itself. But yeah, of course that's in there, and and Hooterville's there, and and all the characters yeah. you know and love, including Arnold the Pick. But they are updated to now. Okay, so yeah, I like it. There's a lot of different. It does. Uh, it takes place now. Yeah. Now, what's it been like for you tour to transition from L.A. pop music to more of the musical theater thing? It's. Uh, Financially, it's been a living fucking hell. Yeah. Um, uh, spirit- <laughs> don't le- don't you know? Don't level with us. Words, don't yeah. sugar. Don't uh, sugarcoat it. Spiritually and emotionally, it's been the greatest thing I've ever done in my life. I started in musical theater when I was a kid, as more yeah. as an actor, and um, I'm not going to do that anymore. But I, I, writing songs and words and everything we do, and seeing it get put up, I've never felt a greater artistic kind of fulfillment than that. The only other time was actually, and it even got close, was indirectly because of you, Dennis. What? No, really, because you introduced me to Ileana Douglas. Yeah. Ileana. At that bowling party. At the bowling party, you did. Yeah. And Ileana and I became friends. Okay. I, I did, I made a kid's record with a bunch of celebrities. She was one of them. Oh, my gosh. And she sang a song on it, I think probably my favorite song on the record, with Gary Oldman. Somebody got work out of that bowling party and it wasn't me? I didn't, I, I didn't say I paid her. <laughs> right. And so that was a great thing because I wrote that album for my daughter. It ended up coming out on Disney and it was a big thing. That's amazing. What's right. the name of it? A World of Happiness. A World of Happiness. Is it online? Can, yeah, uh, it's on iTunes, iTunes and all, and all that stuff. Yeah, it's everywhere. I love that. And so that happened because and that was a great fulfillment. And then, I can't believe that. But besides... I was in yeah, a dance class that was three days ago with the Ileana Douglas. Oh my God. We both take jazz over 40. <laughs> Even though I'm clearly way too 21. young. Well, yeah, yeah. you're you're a, an interloper yeah, yeah. in that class. No, but so. that ha- and then but this is this is even much more fulfilling because it's it's everything. It's collaboration and and to be able to write with the person you're in love with. Yeah. And feel that it's it's I, I can't even describe it. I, yeah. I, it's Except everything. when we're arguing over um, a yeah. lyric or yeah. a beat or a melody line. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because do you all sort of do all of it, or yeah. is it something that you do this and you do this? Well, no, he's, he's a great like piano he, player. Right. I'm not a. I don't play that well at all. So he'll sit down and and he'll have a riff or whatever, yeah. or a bass line, and then yeah. Well, so it just depends. But yeah, when it comes to lyrics, we work on them together completely. And when it comes and also to the melodies, melodies is ridiculous yeah. on because she's an incredible singer so she can go she can take I hear the notes yeah. but I can't execute them right. uh, sometimes she hears them and can do and it, her I mean she's got like you know more octaves than they're on yeah. the piano what's your dream gig <laughs> wow oh god that's a great question, a great is, it something, question. is it for something to happen with the project you're already working on yeah I mean there, I think or is there an arena that you'd like to get into I think there's a few levels to it we our first musical we wrote together which is called stealing time 
that needs to be on Broadway and Lisa needs to star in it. That would be the dream right now. And then after that, um, it be, um, become a music movie musical yes. like everyone wants in L.A. We're, right now. We're right. really interested in movie musicals. And we'll make um, real money. That would be right. awesome. But not just because of that, but because, you know, a lot of, the way Lisa and I think and write is... It, it verges towards the cinematic more than the theatrical, in a sense. I see that. So we we really we see things that way, and we you know there's so much you can do in the theater. There's a whole different kind of suspension of disbelief. But the we really would love to see Stealing Time as a show and a and a and a feature musical. But there's other projects that we're we're super interested in. Like we get when we're emotionally affected by a movie, we want to get the rights and do it. Um, you know, we're, we're a big fan of Alan Loeb's work, who's a wonderful screenwriter. He wrote uh, Collateral Beauty, The Only Living Boy in New York. And it's it, they're incredi- he's an incredible artiste with his words. We want to do something of his. I so see that. We, I, I stalked Alan for a few months, and he finally got back to me. And, you know, we're starting to talk about stuff, so it's cool. A lot can happen from a lunch. A Apparently lot can happen, so. yeah. yeah. And so, you know, we're just... We, we want to do things that really affect us emotionally, and the things that Lisa and I are very interested in writing about thematically are kind of connection, transition. Finding your, your identity or identity. your Identity, yeah, and, and really, like, Lisa and I have a... We, we recorded a record, which is not musical theater at all. It's called Ain't No Good Man, and it's a soul album. We did it in New Orleans with the, with the Nevilles and all these amazing people. Wow. And that's really about... It's kind of about the fierce way a woman comes into her own and finds her power. Mm -hmm. And that journey goes from a man who, you know, slept with every person he could possibly find all the way to, you know what? I found the love of my life. I found the love of my life for a minute. And the love of my life really is me. Yeah. And that's a journey. And that's what that record's about. And so we're really interested in that kind of, that kind of path, that where how people jump off cliffs yeah. and somehow land on their feet. That's everything because yeah. we all do it every day, and those of us who don't should. And but when you do, and you and it's it's horrifying and scary, and you got no money in the bank, and then boom, 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 you you hit some rocks on the way down. You maybe get a few cuts and scrapes, but you land on your feet. No one. No one can mess with you then. I love that. That's like powerful. That. that was good. I wish, wish he would have taped Put that. that in oh, song. we did. Oh, we did. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know what? Give that to Tiffany Trump. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like she is just happy to be kind of peripheral. Huh? I thought you were going to say you feel like she's happy to be blonde. I, I, that too. <laughs> she is. All right. Here's, oh, wait, let me see if I have anything else in my notes. You work with a Backstreet Boy. We both do. Yeah. yeah you work with um, We wrote a show with him. Yeah. 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 It's called uh, How We Do. It's a, it's a, it's a show for young audiences. You Love know, it. Uh, you know, kids from kind of elementary school to middle school. And it's, that's, it's also about finding your identity. It covers bullying and race issues. It's a really cool show, and we're doing it at the New Victory uh, this winter. It's going to be Victory in New, New York. York. Yeah. yeah, big I love deal. It. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Good for you. And you were nominated for a Grammy. Yes, I was. What was the uh, project? It was called Milkshake. Um, I was the producer and songwriter. It was love 2010. It. And that's kind of what actually made me change my life because I, I realized I had no special feeling. George Siegel said that to me once when he was on the set with Elliot Gould. He right. told me the story. And he was acting and he all of a sudden he had no special feeling about acting and he quit. And I had no special feeling about being a record producer or a songwriter. What category thought, was it in? I thought, was that my identity? It was actually children's. Children's, okay. children's record. Yeah. And, um, I didn't win and I was in a way 
happy about that. And I said, you know what? If I don't have a special feeling about this, if, if I'm not going to take this label and run with it, yeah. If it's this is the pinnacle of the recording industry, that's right. If this doesn't give me my jollies, then what's up? That's right. And yeah. that's what really started. You know, that's where I started sinking. And then I found my way out. How did you find your way out? What turned it around? Well, Lisa turned it around. Yeah. And I turned it around. And and Lisa was there to catch me. When yeah. I fell off the cliff. Careers in, in this in this business go through ups and downs. What gets you through the downs? Wine. <laughs> Wine. That's good. Whiskey. Whiskey. It's all right. And also, but also, that's true. But also, you know, constantly reassuring ourselves that we are on the right path, that what we do is good, and and someday, some way, somehow, a lot, a lot of people will think that, and we trust in the universe. You know. God, however you think of God, there's a plan. We don't know it, and it's none of our business, and it's out of our control. So, God, man, you we got to be happy. In. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. All right. You mentioned movie musicals. There's a lot of debate in my circle right now around The Greatest Showman. Uh-huh. Some people think it's the worst thing to ever exist, and other people weep at it. Um, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. The yeah. Jackman. Yes, we, we saw it. it. Yeah, saw because it. it's become this like sleeper hit. Like it's become yeah. this word of mouth sleeper hit. Yeah. Kind of. And and kind of I'm excited because musicals maybe they'll make more of them. We really liked it. Uh, I cried, yeah. but, but I also don't think we it's cried. great. But times. I love the songs. Yeah, songs are beautiful. Man. And it's, it's so beautiful to look at. Too. Oh god, yeah. it's gorgeous. Yeah, yeah, we liked it a lot. All right, good. There you go. Okay, these are some questions you picked from the observation deck. You can jump in on these. <laughs> yeah, yeah Michaela, you gotta yeah, jump yeah, in. Oh, I've just been loving listening to the love story. I'm That's so right. into it. I love oh. it. What was the first concert you went to? Spice Girls. Oh, of course it was. I love that. I was 10. I crimped my hair. Right. And I was in Vegas. And I remember we grew up really, really poor. And I went to school and all my friends were going in a girl group. Like there was like seven girls going. And I was like, I was so sad. And I went home and I was like, mommy, they're all going. Like I want to go. And she's like, there's no way. Like I can't afford it. No, we're not going. And I was like, all right. And then I don't know what, I don't know if she, I don't know what she did. But she got the tickets, and it was her and I, and we watched that entire concert from beginning to end, and it was the best concert to this day of my life for so many reasons, but it was so great, man. Like, we were just, you know, they were like, I was so sad because I loved them, and then all the little girls got to go, and I got in, and that's How did she tell you you were going? How did she surprise you? She just said, hurry up, we're going. Put your cutest outfit on. And I was like, uh... And you didn't know where you were going? Well, I did. I did. I knew. Because literally, she had to make it work between 3 p.m. when I got home from school until 7 p.m. She was, like, working. And she got those tickets. She made it happen. It was, like, amazing. That's a beautiful story. Yeah, it was the best. And, I mean, I loved the Spice Girls. That was my youth. I learned about girl empowerment. Right. Spice is my favorite. Right. And they were so fierce. Yeah. Even now, yeah. at 30, I'm like, yeah. yes! I love it. 
All right, what's your first concert, you guys? Mine was Bon Jovi. Cinderella okay. was yeah. the opening act, but yeah. Bon Jovi was the shit. Yeah. And I knew the entire album, and I was just, it was the greatest experience. And then he flew out. How tight were his pants? Crappy, his pants super probably tight. Yeah, okay. Super tight. Yeah. And then he flew out. I'll never forget, we had terrible seats. Right. And he, but he flew out on a fly and landed like right in front of us in the middle of all these fans. And I was like, oh my God, oh my God, he's right there. I felt the sweat. It was great. I love it. <laughs> Who's yours, Tor? Well, I'm a little older. Right. <laughs> I saw Stray Cats. I love that. Yep. I and I, I thought Brian Setzer was a super cool musician. Right. And he could play the guitar like that. And he was just dope. And, you know, I, I grew up listening to mostly black music and jazz and, and crooners. And he's a crooner. And I'm a crooner now when I perform, you know. So I just thought he's the shit and I saw them and I where I, was it it was when we lived I lived in Florida then and my mother yeah. it was me and my mom my mom took me it was I love me it her. give That's it up for moms and concerts yeah right? okay your next question what movie did you see when you were way too young to see it when a man loves a woman, I was like five. Oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> I swear to God, I'll never forget. That's the one where Meg Ryan is the alcoholic, or yeah, is she and the alcoholic like, or the? This is amazing. This is beautiful work. And my mom was like, "Oh, my god!" You just thought it was beautiful work. I thought it was beautiful. Work. Yeah. I used to and call it when a woman wants an Oscar. But, uh, <laughs> I love that. That's funny. Did you understand what the drinking was or what his problem was? I thought it was fabulous. Yeah. I mean, I just thought it was so great. I thought it was so beautiful. Danny's and back, I... FYI. Hi. <laughs> okay. Um, that's and I remember one. thinking that Meg Ryan was like so beautiful and I just like loved movies and I... But it was incredible. You, I mean, you, I you were, have, you was like a grown-up already at five. Yeah. I already had a cup of coffee, so yeah. I, I knew what was going on. Right. You, you appreciated it as an artist. Yeah, I did. And my mom, like, talked to me like a grown-up. So we were like, they are in a movie. And she was like, I don't want to talk about that sex part. And I was like, <laughs> well, I'm going to talk to you about it and sit down. You know? Oh, I love it. time we had the talk. Yes. Yeah. All right. What about, what about you, Lisa? What I, movie did you see when you were way too young? I think I was about four, and my mom and dad took me to the drive-in. And we were supposed to be watching, like, Mary Poppins or something. Right. And they had no idea that I was in the very back of the car, <laughs> turned the other way, watching right. the other movie, which was Amityv Amityville Horror. Oh, my God. Oh, no. And I honestly could not be near a toilet because I thought blackness was going to come up and, and the devil was going to get me. I couldn't go in the basement ever again. Wow. And, and then the flies. I mean, please. It That's was, so crazy. I was, oh, my God. Years and years I was afraid. Yeah. such a scary movie Terrible. Like it was yeah. terrible. Yeah. You did it to yourself. You could have been watching the other I thing. I could have been. I don't mean to be harsh, but... <laughs> Should have been. My, you know, mine was The Wizard of Oz because that movie is fucking scary. Yeah. Like, I, I, I was young and the witch comes and I was like... I had nightmares for weeks. I mean, I could not... Yeah. And honestly, that's a scary movie. I think Willy Wonka is kind of scary. It I think is. he's creepy. Yeah. yeah. What's, what movie did you see when you were too young to see it, Danny? Uh, the Deer Hunter. Oh, my God. Yeah. I was too young <laughs> to the point where I literally ran out of the theater. And my parents, of course, were, you know, this is when you can still smoke in theaters. Yeah. So they were like, I am not putting on a cigarette for you. So, <laughs> so I literally ran to the back. And I yeah. think I watched most of it through the little window. Oh you know, the and then I would go back in. Well, it was the Russian roulette in. and everything, right? Oh, yeah. No, it was, there was that's, no... That's I was, awful. Yeah. And, irre and irresponsible of your parents, yeah. Yeah. if I might They add. probably thought I was like... I get to know you guys. Oh, yeah. No, it's okay. What's going on? Can I sit down? Yeah, you? we're doing a podcast. 
Oh, sorry. Yeah, that's okay. No, it's okay. And I don't it's even, all good. There's no signs anywhere. Like, I don't even know what the deal is. You, is this your car right here? Yeah. Because somebody had come and, and put, put some, some money on it. I wonder if it's, I wonder if you're good for a while. I just don't know when it ends. Oh, yeah, yeah. the light's still blinking green, so I think you're good. No, no, I know, but I... But how long does it end? Well, at some point, it's all going to end. Don't just come back if you need to. I, we're on the street. Okay, we're in Studio City. There's meters. There's dogs. There's questions. Okay, <laughs> your next question. What was on your lunchbox as a kid, and how did you feel about it? Dukes of Hazard. Uh, the, the the two guys and, and Daisy and I felt really really good about the Daisy part because of the shorts. She wow. she wore Daisy Dukes that they yes. were named after. They were named her. after her and I was I was very fond of her. What were they called before Daisy Duke? I guess cut off jeans. Porn. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's about right. Right on, Catherine Bach. Lunchbox for me, I had a plastic Garfield one, and I hated it and I was embarrassed of it. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't your plastic, first choice. No. It wasn't your first choice. No. Okay. I wanted Dukes of Hazard. Right. Any answers to the lunchbox? I had Little Mermaid. Okay. And I was obsessed. I insisted that my mom put a fork <laughs> in that lunchbox so I can brush my hair. <laughs> and I did. Show. So I love that. Oh, I loved it. It was blue. Yeah. And then it was the mermaid. I mean, she was like everything to me. I loved her. Okay, cool. Yeah. I love that. Mine was Pinocchio. Oh, wow. Okay. Because <laughs> I wanted to be a real boy. Yeah. Which never quite happened. But, um, but it's not too late. I, and I had it way too long. Let's yeah. just put it that oh, way. I saw that bit, Danny. I saw yeah. it backstage. Well, yeah, mine was <laughs> coming full circle. Mine was Partridge Family, which uh, is your branding. The only yeah. reason we're here is because of the Partridge Family branding oh, logo God. font. He saw that and he's like, we got to do a podcast. We got to do a podcast. I got to get to the bottom of that. <laughs> Okay, uh, but David Cassidy's no longer with us. Okay. No. Aww. Have you ever been starstruck? <laughs> yes. Yeah. My, the, I was going to marry Harry Connick Jr. when okay. I was 12 years old, and um, my mom she worked for TWA, and she was she figured out because I just saw him at the, at the concert before he had the trio playing. It was before he got huge, right? Okay. Huge, and we huge. she figured out when he was leaving the city. To go on his next flight out, so she. Can I just say me. your moms are bringing yeah, it? Yeah, man, bring it. <laughs> yeah. So we showed up at the airport, and he was there, and I was like, "I'm going to marry him," and he signed my thing. I'm like, "I love him, I love him," and then I found out he was going to marry a Victoria's Secret model, yeah. which he did. Joe Goodacre. <laughs> That's right. I don't know why I know that. How do you know all this stuff? I don't know. That is impressive. That's really good, though. Yeah. I love that your mom let you know that. That's good. All right. I've had a few, but I, the one that comes to mind right now is Pacino. Oh, so, God. So the, my two favorite actors are Pacino and De Niro, of yeah. course. And, um, I, I, you know, that whole goes back to you in a way, because that whole Ileana Douglas led to Gary Oldman. So Gary takes... So you guys had a full-on... You guys became really tight from that bowling party. Yeah. I love that. So Gary took me to this show that uh, Pacino was starring in out here in L.A. Yeah. And... Um, and I was like, oh, my God, oh, my God. I didn't want to ask Gary, like, can we, he must knew, know him, right? Can I meet him? So I didn't say anything. How long ago? This was years, maybe okay. eight years ago. And, okay. and so after the show's over, and Pacino was amazing. And Gary goes, so you want to meet him? And I said, yes, I do. I do. I, I mean, yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. And he said, well, all right, let's go. And I was like, well, so we go to the backstage door, and I was like, we have to wait. And he's like, 
no, Tool, we don't. And so the guy goes, oh, Mr. Oldman, come on back. Oh, and so we God. go back, and I, I wish people could see this part because we go into to, to Pacino's dressing room, and he's le- I see him from the back, and he's leaned over like the fucking godfather. Yeah. And, and Gary goes, hey, Al, it's Gary. And he turns over, he goes, Gary, hey. Right. And they have, a, they have a hug, the whole thing. And I'm just staring, and I'm going, oh, my God, oh, my God. He goes, who's your friend? And I, and I said, I'm Tor. He goes, that's Tor. He's a great composer. And I, he goes, what Tor? What kind of name is Tor? Yeah. And all I could think in my head was, hoo and I did, <laughs> And I said, and this is my response, it's the name my mom gave me. <laughs> I mean, and that true. was the end of it. Yeah. <laughs> but if you hadn't had a memorable name, you might not have said anything. That's true. So I had that moment to be yeah. utterly embarrassed to myself. I think it's great. It's great. He was nice. He was amazing. Yeah, yeah I love it. He was amazing. I love it. Who is it? Yours was Harry Conn Jr. Have you ever been starstruck, Danny? Uh, always. Actually, embarrassingly so. But, um, <laughs> the, I mean, I remember the first celebrity I ever met was the guy who played the dentist on, not Bill Hunter, uh, Bob Newhart. Okay. Oh, my God. And so my sister and I walked up. We couldn't have been. By the way, that proves Danny's the oldest person here. Right. I, <laughs> in truth, we were still in my mom's belly. But no, I, yeah. uh, we, I must have been five at the right. most. And it was in Washington, D.C. We were wow. in a hotel. And we went up to him for an autograph. And he turned to us and he said, no, I don't do this in wow. real life. And literally, the mm. two of us, even though my sister was maybe three and I was five, we were like, that guy, like you know, like it instantly like broke the spell. You knew it was bullshit, right? Like, bullshit. Who can turn to a tiny child? I'm five. I'm five. Yeah. It's like wow. You know what? You, I mean, I have a crayon for Christ's sake. Yeah. Sign, sign my color right Sign now. my Pinocchio lunchbox. You yes. asshole. That's right. Was it Peter Bonner's? Who's that? That's not Peter Bonner's character, right? Why wow. do I remember that? He had sort of a pro kind of yeah. thing and. Anyway, like the Jerry, like, like literally, the we didn't dentist even know from Bobby Hart. Like, oh, yeah. it's a dentist from Bobby Hart. Yeah. You know, but he wow. doesn't do that. He doesn't do it. Yeah, sorry, I'm sorry, I'm too big for that. that. What about wow. you, Caleb? Have you been starstruck? I had one very stupid one, and then I had one brilliant one. But I was hosting this show, and I interviewed a lot of celebrities, and I don't know why I was always very cool, like I was good. And then I met Judge Judy, and I don't know what oh. happened. Judge Judy. Oh, she's so yeah. great. And I was like, and I was like, I'm very starstruck right now, and I have to. To, uh, to hold this interview and she was like well you can do it and I was like I can't I can't do it Judge Judy and she was like just do it and I was like I can't Judge Judy it's you and so she was great but then I remember like my hero and then we got to work together was Fran Drescher I like loved her my whole life and then I had auditioned for the show and I had to audition in front of her and she was like okay got it like it was just a very like you got wow. it what and show were like, you auditioning for it was for Living with Fran at the time it was on CW okay. yeah. and but you have to understand like she was like a Jewish icon. Like, yeah. I was very she little, is. and she was, like, so cute with her cute-ass outfits. Yeah. yeah. And so, and the thing was, she, like, written the show, and she was, like, only 30 when she wrote the show, and they got the show. So then when I met her, and she's so brilliant. She's everything you'd think that... She was so funny and cute, but then she was, like, very smart, and I was, like, watching her, and I, I, I like, kind of fucked up my life. So it wasn't Simon Cowell, then? I loved Simon, but I'm telling you, I met a lot of people. It was like Judge Judy and Fran Drescher were wow. my, my yeah, girls. That's so great. Isn't that stupid? A, a little funny mermaid. Judge Judy story. Oh, good. Thank God. <laughs> um, it, I worked with Joan Rivers for years. and um, So did I. You did? I was a writer on Fashion Police. Oh, my no. God. That's yeah. Great. yeah, yeah. I was working on Joan and Melissa as the EP on that. And so right. we, 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 had a, we had a great time. But she would go on vacations with 
Judge Judy. Oh my and God. Cindy, what's her name? The gossip columnist. Cindy, um... Adams. Cindy Adams. Adams, yeah. And the three of them, and they love to go to places like Colonial Williamsburg. They like right. to go to all those recreation places. That's right. Wow. And I was like, I'm shooting the wrong show. That is a show. That's, that's a, show. a great yeah. show. Can you imagine those three yeah. funny yentos? Oh, my like, God. Like, that's like so churning funny. butter. That's and really funny. Oh, my God. Anyway, so that's my... I love it. Anyway, so I always, in my mind, I, I wonder, like, I could, oh, just imagine the slumber oh, party. Yeah. Probably with playing Pinocchio or something. You know. <laughs> I love that. Um... This has been great fun. It has been. Hopefully you guys will be doing this again so I can tie this podcast and send people to do that. But where should I send them for stuff about your music um, well, there's, to learn uh, more about what you guys all do? Let's see. There's TrumpFamilySpecial.com. Oh, good. You got, you got the... And you got be, the... You got it. The name. The domain. Well, nobody else so far. Yeah. It was <laughs> the one bad side about, about buying things like Make America Great hats and stuff yeah. is my entire Facebook right side Terrible. thinks that I am pro-Trump. Oh, and, so and you just I, needed props. Yeah, I needed props. Even at getting the name Trump in something, oh my God. I literally am barraged. So if you get like that's like Russian that's, bots, do you think you're getting Russian bots targeting you? Um, if that's like hot women, no, no I'm kidding. No. <laughs> um, no, I mean, I think I get the real deal because they think I'm... They think wow. Wow. But that's good. Yeah. They're feeding you material. No, it's yeah, right. exactly. Right. I feel like I'm behind them of enemy lines. Yeah. So Trump, TrumpFamilySpecial.com yeah. for the show. Okay. Awesome. Uh, tour, TourAndLisa.com for us as okay. as writers. And we have Lisa and I perform around the country, uh, too. So Love you it. could look at there for our upcoming dates. And Michaela, what's your... Uh, you just go to MichaelaGordon.com. Or right. if you want to see the show, just go to the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas website and you get... Can, Get reservations at Rose Rabbit Lie. I love it. And um, but it's all there on my website. Yeah. Now, do you sing? You, do you sing through a, a, a sort of scripted show, or you, can you sing whatever you want? Yeah, I can sing whatever I want. I'm running the show, which is nice. There's a lot of freedom there. Um, when you want to blow people away, what song do you pull out? I do this really great. Why am I like? I'm like I do this really phenomenal. Version. Yeah, you do. I get it. We <laughs> like, get it. It's so okay. Annoying. You know, you got the. You know um, when you got that room you in know, your hand. How I really just cheer people up is. Yeah. I, I do this really. I I love it. I don't I don't know how the audience feels. I think they yeah. like it. My two favorite songs are Hallelujah and Take Me to Church. Right. And so I start with Take Me to Church, and then it transitions into Hallelujah. And um, they both... The letter comes like, hallelujah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. yeah. And it's really I nice. Love that song. And the band is so phenomenal. I, I really couldn't do it without the band. Like, they're really the guys. And they're incredible. But we do this really, really great version of You Don't Own Me also. Where Fun. So good. We go to the... I, it's very, very topical now. Very of the moment. It really is. And you know what's nice? There's the women that are coming in. We just want to be empowered. I'm such a girl's girl. I right. love women. I think they're so beautiful and so smart. And just to see them supporting each other, it's incredible. So we do this very interactive You Don't Own Me where it's like very empowering. And wow. the husbands get a little uncomfortable. And I love it. Yeah. Um, I love that. You were on Idol. Yeah. What season? I remember you. I was on. That's so funny. I was on season four. Was that Carrie Underwood? It was Carrie Underwood's season. Right, okay. Don't, don't bring her into this interview. I know. Jeff, this is mine. I know. That's why That's why the helicopter's flying, because nobody know, wants to I hear know. that. Can, yeah. I, can I just say one thing yes. about these two women and about our whole cast, is that it's really easy doing a show like this to do everybody doing impressions. Right. And I think what the fun we're having is that we took the pictures of them mm. and a few facts, and they've really created their own characters. Yeah. Um, and they're not... So that's why I think people are enjoying it, because everyone has done Stiff Melania, and, you know, and, and, and it's... 
and Michaela takes it to a, a completely different place. And I think that's what people are enjoying. Like, we sort of peel back the the veneer onto craziness that doesn't really exist. Well, you know, you have to know what must it, if they're this crazy in front of us. What must it be like? to be there. Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, there was a moment that I, you know, because I love, um, I love Gina Gershon and I love Laura Bonatti. Like, I think they're amazing and they're doing really fun things with Melania, but I think, um, so I obviously wanted to do something different as well, but I think Melania kind of said so much when she was in that beautiful blue outfit uh-huh. and he looked, she was smiling and he looked back at her and when he turned his head, her whole face turned into a scowl. She was so irritated. And I was like, and that's it. There's a character research. I'm done. That's yeah, it. That's you know that. what I'm saying? And I'm like, <laughs> she's so over him. Like. Yeah. She doesn't want to be a part of it. There's this hilarious meme, too, that's like when you wanted a sugar daddy and ended up being the the first lady. And you're like, how did this happen? And it's, right. you know. She so, can't believe and then it. And she's like the best, best, best. So it's, I mean, it's you're going to die tomorrow. And I can't wait. Like I'm so excited. Her voice is ridiculous. Aww. Oh, it's so good. I mean, this show kind of, this show kind of makes you like them in a weird way yeah yes. and that's and that's what i think that's what danny's it saying it's like it's a credit to yeah. the actors who 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 realized these characters yeah. you know and, and and brought them to life in a way that they're kind of endearing okay. and that's also scary i love that because maybe yeah. they are we, like, we well, don't really people, know and here's the thing they are the luckiest people in america yeah right and, and the family is because yeah. they have none of the work to do they're like the right. royals right yeah. they're like we're just going to... And they all have the same goal, which is... Well, Jared has to get us mid-east peace. He has his job to do. He's going to... That, that should... That should is, but at least he's qualified. He's almost done. He, yeah, he's got post-its all over the I place about that. I don't know if he, that. he actually met <laughs> yeah. an Arab before he yeah, started he as research. All right. Well, I'm so excited to see the show. I hope you guys bring it back and do it again and again so people can go see it. Final question. We're in Hollywood. Who would you love to wander in tomorrow night to see the show? Lauren Michaels? Lauren Michaels? Yeah. Okay. All right. That'd be good. Yeah. Danny? Oh, God. A name. Wait, don't go to me first. I'll think about it. I think I'd go back to my girlfriend, Dresher. I know she lives yeah. in Malibu, so she has to go to the valley. Yeah. Come on. I'd I love, love it. I'd love, I love to that. Come. Oh, I know. Alec Baldwin. Alec Baldwin. Uh, I think yeah. His heart is in the right place, and I think he'd be amazed at a different view yeah. On the same material from a different perspective. Well, I, I love that one, Judd Apatow. Yeah. Oh, oh my God, that's so yeah. good. Uh, or like a Tina Fey. Like, you yeah. know those yeah. ladies that are funny? My, my desire, I know why you asked the question, but I'm going to go a different route. Take it wherever you want. I'd like De Niro to walk in because I do a really good De Niro impression and I want to do it for him. I love that. <laughs> So that, wouldn't help, that wouldn't help the audio? show. Does it translate to audio? It, it does, but it, visually, it's this is the visual, and I'll, okay. I'll say something. Okay, good. Here we go. We're ending. This is the, we're oh bringing it home with this. Oh my god, that's you, uh, really good. You offended me. I don't like this Trump thing you're doing. He's a piece of shit. It's all right. It's okay. I'm gonna go. Okay. Okay. I, I find that's kind of amazing. But you know who I'd love to walk in more than anybody? Yeah. Ivanka Trump. Yeah. Danny wins. Danny wins. All right, this has been super fun, you guys. Yes. Yay. I can't wait to see the show. Yay. Bye. You are All right, thanks again to the team behind the first annual Trump Family Special. If you're in LA, go see it. If you're not, keep an eye out for it. It's really funny. So fresh and funny. You can't, you don't even know that the Trumps can be that sparkly and interesting and funny, but they do it. They do it in this show, so go see it. All right, so this happened. Um, 
this past weekend on Sunday night, uh, we had the live version of the game that I'm inventing with my friend Jeb Havens, You Don't Know My Life. So we did it on stage, and we had a really fun panel of people. We had Del Shores, playwright and filmmaker, uh, Tom Goss, singer-songwriter, uh, Haviland Stilwell, singer and actress, um, Calpurnia Adams, uh, actor, uh, activist, um, writer, and um, Connor Habib, a uh, podcaster and writer and uh, porn star, former porn star, I guess, um, and Frangela, the comedy duo who you know and love from Best Week Ever. So those were the six people, uh, the six panelists. We had Frangela kind of operating as a unit. And um, the way the show works is... The, the game is kind of inspired by the observation deck questions that I have, like, you know, what did you get picked on for when you were a kid, or what's your best random celebrity sighting? And so I got all the answers from the panelists in advance to certain questions, and then I mixed them up and have them present answers, and then the audience is, is trying to match the answer to the panelists. So they all had amazing stories. Del, Del Shores once saw Ricky Martin get a lap dance at Swingin' Richards in Miami. This is a, like a, a gay strip club. Uh, this was before Ricky was out, and he was wearing white pants, and it was very aroused. And who, for, who can forget that if that happens to, to be something you experience and see? Um, Calpurnia ran into uh, James Brown, the singer at the post office one time, and he kind of flirted with her. And then months later... Um, drove past her on the street in L.A. and just rolled down the window and yelled, post office. Like, it was crazy. Um, just really funny stories from everybody. Um, we made it so the audience can play along. They had, like, this bingo card type thing and these color-coded dots, and then they played along with the story. It was... I think it worked. Uh, we learned a lot about how it works. Um, but it's got a totally different energy than the Mismatch Game Show that we do there. That's very... Uh, wacky and campy and and uh, and a laugh a second. This is more like leaning in to like listen. And um, they were really the audience was really into matching and playing the game. So it, it's a totally different kind of energy. But um, I feel good about it. I think it was fun, and we're getting the buzz going on the game, and we're going to have it out and available in the fall, uh, one way or another. So stay tuned for that. Um, and if you came out for it, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Uh, I guess that's it for this week. Um, thank you for listening, and we will catch you next time on Dennis Anyone. Bye! <laughs>